Hey there, wrestling fans. Thanks for listening to our Fantasy College Wrestling Podcast. We really appreciate the support. Before we get started, I'd like to give a shout out to Audacity, a free and easy to use audio editor and recorder, as well as Anchor. Anchor is a free podcasting service that will allow you to record straight from your computer, laptop, or phone. And Anchor also allows you to easily distribute your podcast to platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, to name a few. Anchor also gives you analytics to track how your podcast is doing and the ability to monetize your podcast as well. And lastly, I'd like to thank bensound.com, which is where I got the intro and outro music for this podcast. Bensound.com is a royalty-free music site with hundreds of songs to use in your videos and projects. Again, thank you for clicking and listening. Hope you enjoy the show. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is the Fantasy Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Tony DeMarco. I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Todd Sheftick. Todd, say hello to the people. Hello to our now 14 faithful listeners. Yes. Um, if we get to 20, we get erasers. So yeah. we need six more of you to start listening. We, yep. get, we get swag. Well, if they're listening to this, they actually clicked the link. They actually wanted to hear us, maybe, maybe make. Asses of ourselves (laughs) or or something, but uh, we thank you for joining us uh, on episode two. This is going to be week four uh, outlook. Uh, We'll do a quick week three recap. Just some interesting things that we've seen. You've probably listened to all the other podcasts, so this is going to be a little monotonous, but uh, we'll give our take on on some of the information. Then we'll go into what week four has in store for us. So let's get right into it. Uh, Looking at week three, the first match of week three was Illinois upsets Missouri. Yeah. Um, it was held in a high school gym, I believe. Yes. They said it was uh, sold out. I don't think it was completely sold out, but it was a decent match. Missouri gets upset, and this isn't the Missouri that we're used to in the past no. uh, couple of years. No, they, um, they're not looking very good early season. Missouri is, is um, not as impressive as, as years prior. Um, some of that maybe could be that the, uh, assistant coach, the associate head coach is now at Maryland, but, um, you know, I'm just speculating on that, that one, but he is gone. He's now the head coach at Maryland. Yeah. They ended up losing 19 to 14. One of the, the nice things to see was Grant Leith was back in in the lineup with that brace. With his neck, neck, the neck, neck, power of the neck. Yes. Neck brace is back. Um, I tweeted out lethal. (laughs) <laughs> um, Very good. Yeah, I'll, I'll add some type of <laughs> clapping or laugh track. A little golf clap little for that yeah. one. Um, Brock Muller did well. What he usually does. Peyton Mako, I was up on Peyton Mako coming into this season. He had some good results yes, last year. He did as a redshirt. Yeah. Prior to getting injured, I, I think he beat uh, Carr. He beat David Carr, yes. He beat David Carr last year. He's one of those guys that hasn't been wrestling for very long, but he's like a gymnast. Yeah. Um, and I was really up on him coming into the season hasn't looked good so far in the season. Maybe he'll turn it around. It's very early. We're only in week three of the season, but hopefully he can turn it around. But um, yeah, Joey Gunther beating the uh, Bronigal brothers winning. And, you know, 
with Missouri having some guys on on redshirt, Zach Elam, um, Jaden Ironman, no, no longer there. there yeah. um, 25, Dak Punky. I, I don't know if he's kind of played out the way that they thought he was going to, but um, this isn't the normal Missouri that we're used to. I know they have a great incoming recruiting class next year, yeah. so hopefully – We'll see some of those guys start off as as freshmen, true freshmen. Some of them will probably yeah. register. And, and th- this is also not um, an Illinois team that is as powerful as it's been in the past. So yeah. this is a pretty much down Illinois team beating a supposedly supposed to still be top-ish Missouri team. So At the beginning we, of the season, they were top four, five, yeah. or, or ten at least, yeah. depending on And like I said, this, this is not a, a past Illinois team with um, – you know, guys like uh, Jesse Delgado and right and um, people like that. So they're they're kind of down too. So yeah, kind of a surprising upset. But what I take out of that is good to see Leith down the weight, looking good, looking like his his normal self. He actually majored. He is not a usual bonus point guy, but it's good to see him going against Deuce Rachel's, uh brother. We. Rachel. We, we, we all Rachel. Yes. <laughs> you, you, me, we, we, Rachel. Um, moving on to. Uh, some of the other duels that we had a lot of upsets this week and we'll start with the Oklahoma state. First, they travel to our beautiful city of Philadelphia um, and to face Drexel. They take care of Drexel pretty handily. Um, but one thing that I gathered out of that mainly because I have him on my team, Joe Smith didn't wrestle. Um, we'll get into him next, but uh, they not like they needed Joe Smith to beat yeah. Drexel. This isn't the Austin DeSanto years of, of Drexel, but um, they they look good. They did what they had to do. They went in. They won. I think Whitcraft, their 33-pounder, he lost um, in that match. So that was a little bit of a disappointment. He had some some high accolades coming in to the match. But um, anything with Drexel um, in Oklahoma State? No, I mean, Drexel, they were game. I mean, it, it was about what expected, but – I like kind of like where the program is heading. I mean, they have some really good um, young guys on the team. That Chandler Olson's pretty pretty tough, and uh, Menino at uh, twenty five. Obviously, he gets teched by Piccinini. That's you know to be expected. But yeah. he he looked. I wrestled. I watched him wrestle in, in high school. And he he's he's a good recruit. I think he's going to be good for them. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I had this is where I thought Oklahoma State was going to be. I thought they were going to be the third best team coming in and they kind of, you know, it's a lesser opponent, so to speak. Um, you have Travis Whitlight coming off red shirt, looking good. He, he beats Evan Gerald, who's a, a yeah. good guy. Um, five to one, Anthony Montalvo comes in, wins by major, you know, Andrew Chalmers wins, not pretty, but he wins. Um, it's good to see a uh, Bula Wallen back in the lineup too. Yes. After an a healthy, Bula healthy, Wallen. tough, nasty, Bula Wallen. And word was coming out that Dakota Gear, who was going to start the season at 84, is now going to be a 97 pounder moving on. So oh. just something to note for your lineups and uh moving forward. I think that's a good good fit for him and for yeah. the team also. Yeah. Um 90 97 doesn't really have anyone that I think can't compete with him. Yeah. That he can't compete. I with. think he AA is pretty easily at at 97. I think so too. I and who knows? With more it's up and down. Colin Moore is up and down. On a good day for gear, on a bad day for more, who knows? Yeah. You know? And um, also just one more thing on the uh, Oklahoma State lineup. No Caden Gefeller this weekend yes. at 41, which uh, was a hole in the lineup for that. I mean, I, I don't 
again, I had him on my fantasy team, so I was hoping he'd be out there, but um, didn't hear anything why he didn't travel with the team, but he did not uh, – he did not wrestle for them in 41, but still, like you said, about to be what is expected from wrestling the Drexel Dragons was that Oklahoma State would take care of business. Yeah, and I did see something by Seth Duckworth. If you're a fan of Oklahoma State wrestling, I suggest uh, following Seth Duckworth uh, at Seth underscore Duckworth. He is an Oklahoma State fanatic. Um, he is the uh, person that covers Oklahoma State for – uh, pistol firing blog. Um, so I, I recommend if you're an Oklahoma State fan, follow him. He'll get you all the insight because he came out with a tweet saying that Gefeller and um, Dusty Hone are going to be probably weighing in for this next week uh, with their lineup. So hopefully we see G Feller, G Feller, Gefeller, <laughs> the uh, G Man, the G Man. But then moving up, uh, 495, is it? Four, yeah, to uh, Lehigh. Um, Upset, I think, of the season so far. Well, Ohio State, but we'll get into that too. Um, at the time, it was the upset of the season. Oklahoma State loses to Lehigh. And two big things coming out of this was a skin thing for Reese Whitcraft. He wrestled, as we said, against Drexel, and he was fine. Uh, he, he lost 5-1 to one to Chandler Olsen at, at Drexel, but... He, from what I understand, listening to some other um, reporting, he weighed in, he was cleared, and then after they had weighed in, they didn't weigh in another 33-pounder, I think, and then they came back and said that, no, what you have, you can't wrestle with, and they didn't have a 33 backup to put in. They didn't weigh anybody else in. So so they ended up forfeiting. forfeiting, Um, Something that got me upset was Joe Smith weighed in. And didn't wrestle, but he weighed in at 185. Now that qualified him for 184 because it's a, a pound allowance. But why weigh in at all? What was what is the point of weighing in at 185 if your plan is to go 174? Hopefully, this doesn't turn into what last year was with that whole shuffling of uh, lineups and, and having Chandler Rogers out and all that. Stuff. Yeah, it's um, it's a head scratcher. I don't. I don't get why you would weigh him in unless the plan is for him to, to wrestle 184 this year. I don't know why you would weigh him in at 85. And then his descent plan obviously starts from 185. And then unless 185 was the lowest he could have weighed that day, but then why even weigh in? Right, just that's what I mean. it, if, you, if you're not going to wrestle, then just don't weigh in. And then it doesn't mess up your descent plan or, or reset it at a higher weight. And I thought maybe it's going to be a scare tactic. Maybe you weigh in Joe Smith and then they, you kind of put the ball in, in Lehigh's court on maybe they shuffle their lineup or something like that. But then that means you're going to bump either Montalvo or, or gear out of the lineup. And you're not going to bump one of those guys out when they're doing as well as they are. I think Montalvo's five for five and all bonus yeah. at this point. Um, so Strange. It, it made no sense to me. Yeah. I, I, don't, I think, I think uh, Joe Smith's on the um, Johnny Hendricks um um, game plan of <laughs> I'm just going to get as big as I can and just be 200 pounds and just maybe he wrestles heavyweight. Maybe, yeah, maybe they, they do need a heavyweight. So maybe he does one of those cowboy bulk jobs. Yeah. Or, like the cowboy, yeah. I thought, yeah. <laughs> the, um, I, I, I mean, he wasn't really particularly big at eight at 74 last year. And then he obviously moved down to 65, which I thought was his ideal weight. Um, 
He just did it too late. Yeah, he did it too late. But Literally, he did, like he, the he, last he, couple he weeks. He almost knocked off Marinelli in the opening match of, of NCAAs last year. Yeah, but then, I, from what I saw, the weight got him. Yeah, I he think. Was, he was doing so well, and then he just hit a brick wall. Yeah, he, he hit a wall. But um, definitely, it seems like he's having um, weight management issues. Uh, he, I heard Little Birdie told me that uh, he was weighing around 200 last year at the beginning of the season. So Yeah, I, I think I read something like that on, on the – uh, rivals forum uh, 31 and counting, right? 31 yeah, and counting. I believe so. Um, and they were saying that he was looking a little big. I mean, hopefully he's got his weight under control. He's still on that descent plan. It seems like a lot of people this season are on that descent plan. Didn't come in kind of uh, weighing at their optimal weight. Um, but hopefully this kind of turns around Oklahoma State. I always – the sport is better when Oklahoma State is, is – Yeah, better. and I – and, uh, you know um, – John Smith, the head coach, has always been one of the – I'm going to have my guys ready for the end of the season, not really as concerned yeah. with the beginning of the season. And, um, you know, so – and he um, – you know, it is unfortunate that one of his wrestlers was not allowed to wrestle and it was a six-point forfeit, which right. was what tied the match and gave criteria to – And that was my thing, too. Like, if Joe Smith could have wrestled – I know I'm harping on this and we're spending way too much time on it. But yeah. if Joe Smith could have weighed in at 74 and wrestled, and wrestled against Cutler. Cutler ended up winning by major against Andrew Chalmers. Joe Smith wrestles most likely, nothing's given, but most likely that would have been a decision at worst for Cutler. And they ended up going in the criteria because it was tied 2020 because Woodcraft gave up the forfeit. You hold that to a decision, Oklahoma State wins. Yeah, even You're, with the forfeit. Everybody's getting on the bus, you know, wiping their brow, going, whew, we barely made it out of there, but at least we made it out of there. Instead, now you have all this controversy on, you know, skin issues and weight management and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so. moving on, getting that, that's making my blood boil because, <laughs> again, I have him and he's on my bench because I can't do anything with him. But um, Ohio State had two, two dual meets this week too, uh, or last week, so to speak. Um, Ohio State at Pitt. Um, Pletcher – is a force at 141. Yeah. And I think he's trying – nobody was saying his name for Hodge. I think he's putting his hand in there for the Hodge vote. Yeah. He he got taken down early by Cole Matthews, who Cole Matthews is having a good season Yeah, too. and he is a good recruit coming out of high school. He's very yeah. highly recruited. He he gets uh, – Pletcher gets taken down early, and then I was watching it on the ESPN stream – and it just seemed like Pletcher got angry. He just got really, really angry. And then Pletcher ended up almost teching him. Yeah. Uh, towards the end. It it was funny. He was trying to do like some type of cross. He had double boots in at one point and was just trying to cross face him. He was just picking at his head, his forehead or something. Um, but uh, Ohio State looked good during the pit match. Yes. For Friday match was solid. Yes. Solid performance. Kinner, Kinner brought Philippi to the brink. Almost got the the upset. I put out a poll earlier. Who who's on upset alert? I think I had uh, Kinner and Philippi Monday and Shane Griffith, and uh, the other one I think was I was assuming that Joe Smith and and Cutler was going to wrestle, um, and that didn't happen obviously. Um, but Kinner almost wins. Ohio State looked good. I thought they looked really good, and I thought that the Ohio State versus Virginia Tech match was going to go as expected. I was wrong. Yes. I was completely wrong. 
I think most people were wrong. I think again, all, all the pundits were not expecting what what happened at that dual meet. There was one guy on on the Matt forum that did call a shot before the the week. He said Virginia Tech will beat Ohio State, so I give him props. Is he uh, a Ohio State wrestler? May he might have been. No, I don't know. The parent, one of the parents of Ohio State. Yeah, I <laughs> tell my that team's going to beat Virginia. Um, but the key key matchups ended up losing it for Ohio State. Um, Sasso in a freakish pin. Yeah, he kind of got trapped, and he tried to duck under or a boot scoot something like that. And instead of kind of going out to the side more, he went. He got a full face of chest yeah and just kind of fell back and got pancaked um so it's not not flukish because you have to finish it yeah if you're more but yeah i i i don't exp- that doesn't change anything for me about sasso i, I think if more and sasso wrestle 100 times i would give sasso 95 of them yeah and you know it's Maybe it's a coming down to earth type of thing because before this, Sasso was basically on cloud nine. People were saying, "Oh, he's a lock for the uh, uh, for a championship." Watch out! Maybe this brings him back down to earth, and maybe uh, you know he gets his head on straight a little bit. Yeah, more, I think it's just focused. one of those things he'll just shake off because it was not like he got dominated and and then pinned. It was kind of like he tried something and it didn't it kind of backfired on him right? and he wound up on his back. Yeah. And maybe that in the future will prevent him from being as wild in some of his matches. Right. Maybe he was just trying to put on a show and just got a little too much of it. But other than that, um, Elijah Cleary at 57, we're still not sure what the 57 weight class holds for Ohio state. Um, when is Keyshawn Hayes coming back? When is Anthony Estremendia going to be their 57 pounder? Cause I'm not moving. Luke, uh, Luke Pletcher out of 141 right now. Yeah. And I don't want to move Sasso out of I, I agree. I mean, if, if I think the plan would be if Intermedia comes in next semester, would be either red shirt or go 57. And I think that's what is that what Tom Ryan was saying when he said everything's on the table? He's saying that lineup changes can change. Yeah. I think the only mainstays are Singletary because you can't go higher. And I don't think more. I don't Moore think Moore's going to go anywhere, yeah. heavyweight. And I don't Kyle think Moore's number one. I don't think Fletcher's going anywhere. The way he's wrestling at forty-one, I, I think so I too. don't see them moving him or Sasso at forty-nine. Does that mean Decatur moving down to twenty-five? He couldn't make weight for thirty-three, from what I heard. I think during the pit match. So that's a, an issue. Or no, it was during the a tournament. They went to a tournament, and I think Decatur uh, couldn't, couldn't make, make weight. Make thirty-three or twenty-five. Thirty-three. Oh, so so he's, so he's not making thirty-three. Yeah, let's make thirty-three first before we talk yeah. about twenty-five. Um, but you have Kinner there, which is good. But Kinner ended up losing to the Colin Girardi and um, Rocky Jordan at one seventy-four going in instead of Caleb Romero. I mean, Jordan beat him in in the wrestle off, so by right, I guess you say he earned the spot. But moving forward, do you think Caleb Romero takes over that 74 spot? I absolutely uh, think that's going to happen, and I, I don't even think that's a question. I think um, even Tom Ryan, Coach Tom Ryan, said as much in, in the post-match interview. That that's what he was alluding to? He was alluding to that um, he said, you know, Rocky's been a, he's a good kid. He's tough. He missed a year, and he's not where he needs to be um, after missing a full year of wrestling. And I think, obviously, uh, with Caleb Romero being undefeated um, – I don't. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's a decision at this point. I think you just go with the the guy that's seven and zero, and you and let him wrestle for now. And 
And if he struggles down the road, then you obviously can go back to Rocky Jordan. But um, I think right now that Caleb Romero has earned this, the starting position with his performance on the mat. Yeah. And I mean, this was an Ohio state team that people coming in said was a lock for third, um, third or fourth. They were, they were a lock for a trophy given these lineup, I'll, I'll say issues. I mean, that's a good issue to have that you have great back. If Rocky Jordan goes to any other program, almost any other program, he's a starter for him. Yeah. Head and shoulders above everyone else that they probably have on the team, but you're in the big 10, you're in Ohio state, you're an elite program. This is what kind of comes with the territory. Um, I and, think they'll and be then, fine. You know, Tom Ryan did say, it, not in so many words, but that they're not planning on punting this year. Like they're, they're they, they yeah. want to compete. So um, I do think some lineup changes are coming. I don't know what the, the uh, change could be at, at 25. Heinzelman is not wrestling very well. He's taking a lot of losses already this season. The tough part of the season hasn't even started yet. Um, but if Decatur – if either one of the Decatur brothers can't make 25, I guess there's really no other option. I don't know about them. the the other Decatur brother, but the um, I was going Jordan and, and Jacob. I got mixed up. I think Jacob is the heavier one. Jordan was the one Jordan who was, was they were trying to get down to 25. Jordan. Okay, um, Jordan. I mean, because this year probably would have been good for Heinzelman to have a red shirt. Maybe. Yeah. And then moving forward, maybe you have Decatur at 33 and you have Heinzelman at 25 or, or something. But, you know, he, he's already started. He's been in matches, so you can't put that red shirt on now um, unless there's something I don't know about with that whole football rule. Did you hear about that? Yeah, with I think the, you or play a certain percentage of games yeah, and then still be on I don't know if, if they'll be able to apply that. How will apply? I hope they do because that would help a lot of programs out, especially the lower school programs. But that's a conversation for another yeah. day. Um, you could always do the um, – uh, you know, the I, I got injured and now it's a medical red shirt. Oh, my arm. Yeah. Like kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Ow, my, my elbow just kind of feels funny. Yeah. And I'll uh, see if you can get the medical. That red doesn't shirt. happen. They're all <laughs> medically, uh, uh, you know, cleared. And, and absolutely. Have, yeah. Um, that, never, that never happens in, in college wrestling. And then the, the next upset of this week, the week of upsets, upset city um, population, Minnesota. Yeah. Not looking their best. People people were complaining that look at this team that Agum has, is putting out. It doesn't look good. Well, you got to remember they're down Gable Stevenson. Yeah, it's pretty pretty, pretty, poor, good, pretty good guy. To, who knows yeah. how long he if he wrestles he beats Ryan Cloud and and wins the match absolutely. Um, instead, they put out they do put out a Stevenson. His it, brother. It's just his brother, and unfortunately, his brother doesn't have the accolades that he does. Um, but Patrick McKee, I think right off the bat, Patrick McKee gets beat by the rider backup because Cephalo is the, the starter for him, but he, he, I don't know what other word to use, but dominated Patrick yeah. McKee. It was, it was a takedown clinic almost. I, I, I watched this, uh, Tropia. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. I've watched him wrestle at the beast of the East and he is a beast. He yeah. is, he is an absolute bona fide stud. Um, Ryder got a really good uh, recruit in getting him. Um, was really impressed every time I watched him wrestle in high school. Um, not surprised that he beat McKee as, as soundly as he did. Um, I know it might surprise some of the people in the rankings because McKee was ranked a lot higher, but that, that kid's the real deal. Yeah, and you'll probably see him this week at the Keystone Classic 
I think him and Cephalo will probably. Yeah, you can there. enter multiple people. So yeah, right. I, I think only red shirts can. You have to be actually attached to your institution. Yeah, I think it was just like the Black Knight invite was last weekend, yeah. where it, you, you have no red shirts are allowed to to wrestle. It yeah. has to be varsity or, or junior varsity. But. We'll we'll get right there with the Black Knight invite, yeah. but um, staying on Minnesota, the. It, the upsets were Dean Sherry over Skatska. Skatska looked like he didn't know what was happening yeah. against Sherry. And and Skatska was having a really good start to his season, too. Yeah. And, I mean, Skatska getting pinned, usually he's the one pinning this year, at, at least. But him getting pinned is a huge swing in the match and basically put him in this situation to lose this duel. Yeah. Um, but I don't think this is a terrible team. I like Patrick McKee. I don't think he's he's going to win a national title this year. Who knows? Maybe in the future he does. I don't think he's he's terrible. Uh, I like him at, at 125 being their, their starter. Um, Mitch McKee looked good. He got a fall in 39 seconds. You can't really fault him. Yeah, for he, he's, <laughs> having, he's looking really good this year, senior year. Um, Brayton Lee, I like at 49. He's He's looking every bit the part of the, the hammer that he was coming out of high school. And Brolsma at 57 got beat by Del, Jesse Delavecchia. That's not an easy guy to beat. Jesse Delavecchia is a, a – I think he was around a 16 guy. Yeah, I believe he year. was, yeah. And it was only 3-2. to two. It wasn't like it was a blowout. I mean, it was a tight match. Right. Yeah, he was around a 16 last year. So, I mean, I don't know. They're upper weights with Owen Webster and Dylan Anderson and not having – the Gable Stevenson. Yeah, the real uh, Stevenson. The real, real Stevenson. Yeah. Um, not having those three as as kind of your your closers, that hurts yeah. a little bit. You kind of put a lot of pressure on, on the uh, lower weight guys. But I like this team. I think they'll bounce back. I think they'll be fine. They'll, they're, they're, um, they're recruiting well. They're, they're, um, they're, they're not going to be in contention this year for a trophy. But um, going forward, I, I really like – where the program is headed. They're more of a tournament team, and yeah. I expect them to be top 10 probably with that, especially those lightweight guys. And if they get Gable back, absolutely top 10. He's at least a finalist, in my opinion. Yeah. So, you know, obviously need to get him back in the lineup, if at all possible. Right. And so there were a couple tournaments um, this week, too. Mainly uh, nothing really big happening. Um the Black Knight invite was probably the most talked about uh, tournament. And one thing I, I was disappointed to see also because I have him on my team is Anthony Kasser or Kassar, however you say it. I think it's Kassar. Is it Kassar? I think it's Kassar. Okay. I, don't quote me on that. Well, I'm going to. Okay. Kasser or Kassar um, is, was a no-show at the Black Knight invite. People thought he was going to be at the Bill Farrell. He wasn't at the Bill Farrell. He was at neither. He was, <laughs> no, he was just – out um so that was a little confusing vincenzo joseph obviously competed at the bill farrell so he wasn't um at at the black knight invite but all the penn state guys basically did what they were supposed to um the technically penn state didn't win the tournament uh that would have gone to army as seton hall pirate will yes gladly tell you yes let everybody know that the Black Knight invite was won by the host team. Um, everyone, Roman Bravo Young did what he was supposed to do. Nick Lee, Nick Lee looked, looked really good. Really good and did what he was supposed to do. Uh, Verkler, and I think, won the 49 spot with his win over uh, Gardner. Yeah. Um, so what does that mean moving forward? I don't know. Maybe this weekend they, they wrestle 
uh, Arizona State. You go against Maruka. Maruka's not having the greatest start to the season, but it's a good kind of litmus test of where you yeah. are. They gave Gardner the last start. I expect probably Burkler to get this start at the next dual meet from, and, against Arizona State. And the guys at Flow were talking about um, they're not going to the scuffle, but you can still send people to the scuffle. Yeah. So maybe you do send Verkler in and you do send Gardner and see how it plays out. Cause that's usually kind of the end all be all with Penn state when it comes to making their yeah, yeah, second, they've been second used, season. They've been using decisions. that as a, as a, um, as a litmus test for several years now for the um, contested weights. Mm-hmm. And, um, and 197, as everybody was saying, going in to the season, Kyle Connell didn't have a great tournament. Didn't uh, look good. Got beat by a guy I'm not familiar with from Central Michigan. Bolo, I believe his name is. Something was. like that. Um, I apologize if you are listening. If you are listening, thank you for listening to us. <laughs> but if uh, you're listening, I'm sorry that we didn't get your name correct. The The issue going into the season, everyone was saying, what is Kyle Connell? What is he going to be for this team? Michael Beard is better. We should just put him in. I think you got to give it time. Kyle Connell is going to be kind of your your one year loan almost for one ninety seven while Beard grows in and gets accustomed yeah. to well, college. Well, I mean, Kyle Connell has been Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. I mean, really, if you look at his whole career, it basically comes down to one weekend in Cleveland, Ohio. Besides that, third place result, which is amazing. I mean, you take third at national. He can't take it away. It's but it, he's it's an all American. It's there. and he pinned he pinned more. So I mean, twice, twice, but um. He's taken some head scratching losses throughout his career and has always been kind of a slow starter. So I don't know where this takes you as far as Penn State goes. If you let him try to work through this, or you just look at it like, well, you know, he he's kind of like just came on loan anyway for one year for his grad post grad season, and we can just throw Beard in and just his Beard's going to be our future anyway. Um, they always have that that option of just going with Beard, and uh, if things don't work out with Connell. Sorry, he only pinned Connell more once. Just once. But it was a big pin. <laughs> and then he beat him again for third, though. Yeah. But that was 5-3. But I don't think Penn State needs to worry about 97 with Connell unless he's not healthy. Yeah. If he's not healthy, then hopefully – you never want to wish injury on anybody, but if he does get injured, hopefully it's – earlier rather than later because the longer you wait then it comes in the seating issues with if if kyle connell gets injured in late uh, january that puts beard behind the eight ball yeah and then then you also have allocation issues coming up where you know that's a spot that is not allocated so then you need beard to upset somebody at the big tens to get a qualification to nationals, which happened to uh, Neville's, you know, his freshman year yeah. when he uh, didn't have an allocation and then wound up going to big tens and not even getting out. Right. So that was the black Knight invite, but what, what I usually like about the season, not just the tournaments are the dual meets too. And this might be something that we disagree on. And I know it's, a hot button issue for a dividing line almost for the wrestling community. But I would like some type of kind of national dual tournament. I don't want it to affect March because nothing is going to affect March. I think the individual 
March yeah, NCAA the, tournament is the end all be all. That, that right now, that is the uh, the golden goose for NCAA wrestling. As it that, should be. As it, it should be. There's yeah. nothing more exciting than that. But as we're seeing with these dual meet upsets, I like everybody likes an upset. Everyone likes to root for the underdog. Everyone wants to see Penn State lose. They want Iowa to beat Penn State, even though those are two top programs. You know, Ryder beating Minnesota is exciting. That turns heads. That that lets people who aren't familiar with the sport, they see, oh, my God, Minnesota ranked, I don't know, eighth, got beat by the number 20th team in the nation, something like that. It's going to be a fluke, and it's going to be – rare when things like that happen in the end you're probably going to get penn state iowa oklahoma state and ohio state as your top 14 as your yeah. last four teams but you know you expand it out a little bit and you have tri meets or or pre-scheduled meets so lehigh faces uh binghamton or something or you have Ryder faces stanford i think those would be good matches to watch and then moving forward you know yeah just like the the Champions League in soccer, the top teams are always going to be there. Yeah, the the little tiny team that has only a million dollars in their budget isn't going to be able to compete. But you let you want to root for them. Yeah, I mean, every once in a while you have a an Edinburgh that pops up with five or six studs, and they could yeah. make a run. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to happen every year, but you know it will happen occasionally where a team yeah. has a good recruiting class and has five or six hammers and can go with one of the big dogs and, you know, mm. if not win, at least make it an interesting match yeah. or maybe pull the upset here and there. And, you know, who right. knows? And how many times have we seen, I think last year was, was the main argument of, we don't get to see Penn state wrestle Iowa. So even though they may see each other in conference scheduling or something last year, if we had a type of dual tournament type thing, you would have probably seen. Yeah. And that's a good point. Penn state in, in Iowa. But I don't want it to affect March. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it should have any type of points towards that. Because I don't think March shows who has the better team. It shows who has the best individuals on their team. Yeah. But it doesn't show the best team. I, um, I'm torn on this issue because, I, I mean, the NCAA has come out and flat out just said that we will not give out two trophies. Yeah. There's one trophy, and you guys figure out how you want to give it out. Yeah. Um, I would love to see two trophies, a dual meet trophy and an individual tournament trophy that would be the perfect scenario it's not going to happen um i'm I, I know people have said something about well let's do dual meets and then we'll give certain points to the the dual meet teams and then we'll take those points and add it to the individual tournament no. at the end of the season and, no, no, and no. i don't want to see that because that's just going to make the points for teams like penn state even higher penn, because penn you're going to get penn sca- state you're going to start penn state with 20 team points going into the the NCAA yeah. tour, they'll never lose. You know, they'll, or, they'll wrestle all, the whole SoCon and yeah. then just tear through that, and then start off. Oh, we got an eighty-point lead. Yeah, to start off. Um, but at the same time, I don't want it just to be about the duels either, because then you get into a situation where do you really want Reach, Reese Whitcraft missing, not being able to wrestle because of his skin issue, deciding your national title? You right. know, I don't want to see a situation where a guy's hurt and a backup wrestler has to come in and wrestle and he loses. And that's how you decide your, your national title that year. That's, um, but I think you and I had a really good idea as a compromise to both would be to add seating points for prestige points for in season wrestling. Yeah. And that's been a big issue with past 
couple years of people kind of quote unquote gaming the system. You wrestle certain matches, you miss certain matches. Uh, my arm hurts. You know, you don't rather Mike, Mike Carr, I think last year was the big one. Yeah. He, he was basically going to be the number one seed or, or really high seed at, at 141. And he didn't wrestle Nick Lee and he didn't wrestle, or maybe he did wrestle Tristan Moran. He didn't wrestle McKenna. He didn't wrestle McKenna. And he just, and that's how you game the system. Yeah. But, and then he also completely messed up the brackets then for the big 10 tournament where Nick Lee and McKenna wound up on the same side of the bracket right. because you had Carr with a two seed, right? which gave Moran, because he did beat Lee, mm-hmm. the three seed, and then Lee wants to be in the four seed, and you had the two best wrestlers that everybody knew were the two best wrestlers hitting in the semis. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that, so those kind of things drive me crazy, like you said, with the, the, the gaming of the system. Right. But having some type of, maybe in the in the first semester or or towards the beginning of, of the second semester or something, you have kind of like a, a tournament that matters. And I don't know what the prize could be. You get a trophy or top four teams get a trophy or something like that. But it also, I think in the early stage, if you have a huge bracket in the early stages, you can, Ohio state can have some of their backup guys maybe being in the tournament. If they're, you know, facing Gardner Webb, I yeah. don't think you need all 10 of your starters out there. You can probably have a couple backup guys in there. So that helps the team yeah. morale. But also prestige points, having some type of prestige point thing during the season like this, having something that matters during the regular season, I think will count. But yeah, I, I like um I like giving the an incentive incentive to have people not miss matches. Yeah. Like you said, like I mean if, if you're I'm, hurt, you're hurt. Yeah, I, you get I, it. I agree, but if, if I'm a paying customer and I'm paying to go watch Spencer Lee wrestle Sebastian Rivera, that's the match I'm, I want to see. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go to that match and then see the Iowa's backup come in because they're trying to save Spencer Lee's, you know, ranking or seating for the big 10 or yeah. the postseason. you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying that Spencer Lee would ever run from anybody. I'm just using an example here yeah. hypothetically, but you're seeing a lot of this lately with the dual meets and the match that everybody really wants to see doesn't, doesn't happen because they're holding a guy out and basically they're doing that so that later in the, for the national tournament, they can try to get the higher seat gaming. the system. Yeah. And I would love to see some kind of prestige points win or lose. Like maybe if you beat the guy, you get X amount of points. And if you lose, you get Y amount of points, but at least send an incentive out there. So like, if, you're, competition, yeah, if, if, you're, if you, if you're missing three or four, you're supposed to wrestle three or four ranked guys and you hit none of them then you can't get a top four or five seed at nationals. You don't have the points. Because they have the whole criteria with seeding. And that, we're getting way off topic. Yeah. But you have the criteria for seeding for the national tournament. And, you know, sometimes I think one of the criteria is like head-to-head competition and, and things like that. But if you're stuck on a guy, if you had Missouri, I think a couple of years ago, they didn't have the toughest of schedules, but their records were all really good. And I like Missouri, so I'm not trying to bash them or anything, but they got higher seeds, and then they didn't perform to those seeds necessarily. Right. And people kept saying, oh, see, they just inflated their record, and they just got good seeds going into the tournament. If you have kind of a question and you have prestige points, a question about seeding, you can kind of look to that. That can be kind of a tiebreaker yeah. almost. Oh, he faced X amount of, of ranked guys. He beat these guys, whereas your guy only has the – didn't – may have 10 more wins, but look at the quality of competition. Right. I'm sure yeah. those are the conversations they have. Absolutely. But, and uh, one more point on your point about 
actually having a, a dual tournament, which I actually enjoy watching when they mm-hmm. have it. Um, you had a couple year years ago when Kale Sanderson suggested just having the Rose Bowl of wrestling where the eight Big Ten teams would wrestle the eight non-Big yeah. Ten teams. And you had a team like Iowa that flat out, I don't care what anybody says, ran Orange from juice. Virginia Tech. They did not want to wrestle <laughs> Virginia Tech. Do you remember that whole thing? Yeah. Tom Brand's getting called in the Orange yeah. Madrasa or something? Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, <laughs> if you had a tournament where they were in the bracket they would, and they had to meet each other, then you couldn't run anymore. Yeah. You would have to actually get on the mat and wrestle that match. Yeah. So that would be a, a bonus for having a dual meet tournament. Yeah. But – We'll see. Maybe it's something down the road that they look at. I think duels are becoming more. Maybe it's just this year with all the retros and everything, but duels are, as we're seeing, only week three, and we had three huge upsets, basically. I mean, the Ohio State-Virginia Tech, I wouldn't call a huge upset, but it's a very big upset. On paper. On paper. Oklahoma State losing the Lehigh. I don't think anybody saw that coming. At least Virginia Tech, you say, "Eh, they got a shooter's chance maybe on the outside, but nobody – was really calling that and then Ryder being Minnesota nobody oh yeah that one nobody thought yeah that. and good for Ryder I mean, I, I mean that's a great yeah. win for their program and hopefully that gets them some you know some incentive or some bonus for when they go for recruiting the recruiting trail and they can say hey we beat Minnesota come wrestle for us which is always a good thing to, to hang on your wall yeah but that's basically the week three recap um we went longer than we thought we were going to go Talking wrestling. So what? <laughs> we don't pay for the air. Yeah, the 14 people listening, I don't think they're going to. That's all right. This is the downtime. They've already gone to get snacks and stuff. <laughs> Just like a halftime at a basketball game or something. But let's get into our likes, dislikes, who we are keeping an eye on, who we like for week four of the fantasy season. So week four in WrestleStat is going to run from uh, technically yesterday, the 18th, to the 24th Sunday. They go from a Monday to Sunday format. And just to remind you, if you're listening to this for fantasy advice, you already know this, but why not? We'll still give you some information. WrestleStat only counts uh, wins by dual team scoring. Win is three, win by decision is three, win by pin is six, regardless of rank, regardless of uh, what guy is a tournament, is it, a dual meet, anything like that. Um, you get both positive points for a win, uh, and inversely, you get the negative points, lose by decision, minus three. Like that. And it's only against Division One competition, which comes into play. So we have on the schedule for week four a couple tournaments, the Navy Classic, the Keystone Classic. Last couple of weeks, we've had a bunch of opens. Now we have Classics that we're dealing with. Um, the Roadrunner Open, Lindenwood Open, I think, are the big ones. And then there's the New York Intercollegiate Tournament, which I think is also called the Cornell Tournament. I, I don't it, know. I think it's just Cornell wrestling themselves. <laughs> it Probably. So And Presbyterian. I think I saw Presbyterian yeah. in that, too. Um, but let's start with just some guys who we like from these tournaments because there's not a lot of, of duels. Uh, that you're going to be looking at. There's some teams that have a duel and then a tournament. There's some teams that have two duels during the week. And those guys are are something you should look at for setting your lineup. Um, and another thing about WrestleStat, since they've made the update, you can now, I think until 9 a.m. of the day of competition for your wrestler, change out that wrestler. So 
Um, if you have a guy going that day and you're there at eight o'clock in the morning, you said, Oh shoot, I don't think he's going to be wrestling. You can trade him out. You can switch him, do something like that before it locks. Um, but let's start with the Keystone classic. Um, we'll just kind of run through weights yeah, real quick. Weight. Uh, Virginia is supposed to be at the Keystone classic, but from what I've seen trying to find preliminary entries and things, a lot of their stars are going to be there. Um, but Jack Mueller, I don't believe is going to be there. I hope I'm wrong because I do have him, but Jack Mueller, I don't think is going to be there, which is a big blow. I think he would walk away with this one. Yeah, I don't, you know, I'm puzzled why he wouldn't be there, but um, maybe there's some reason that he's not going to be there at a, a wedding or who knows. You know, these these people, they, they do have lives off the mat. So, you know, there might be something like that going on, or maybe there's a weight descent issue going on, or who knows, you know, but. Um, Something, but I mean, he he wrestled once, I think in in uh, on the second November second against Maryland. He won by fall, and since then they've had a few more dual meets, and he hasn't wrestled in any of them, yeah. and not ones that were like we were talking before about ducking or anything. He it was the Southeast Open. He didn't participate in that. Um, Long Island and Arizona State. I think those were ones that yeah. he could have. I'm surprised about the Arizona State one. If you, you know, yeah, was ready or healthy, that that wouldn't be one he would be. So may, maybe at. it is something else. It's pure speculation on our part. We have no notes. We don't yeah. have any insight to anything. These are just too well, unlucky. Too guys unlike unlike fantasy football, the the coaches yeah. aren't made forced to put out their yeah. their, their lineups and their injury reports. So. On a side note, I I did read an article. It's like a two year old article where I think they were trying to get the NFL type designations for college football. Oh. And there was pushback from the NCAA, obviously, um, saying that it would be um, more susceptible to gambling and influencing and things like that. But I kind of see it. And I think the article said it this way too, is kind of opposite. You know, you're being more transparent on who's participating, who's not. And ultimately it's the team's discretion on whether the person plays or, or yeah. not, or, or the individual on yeah. that team on whether they're ready to go or not. But um, I mean, at least in fantasy football, you get a designation of at the very worst, like game time decision. Right. So you, I'd love to see that for wrestling. Like I don't, you can go to hockey. Yeah. Type designated upper body, lower, body. lower body. Yeah. You don't have to be specific, just upper body, lower body. Okay. Well, and then the right. possibilities a probable doubtful, you know, whatever, yeah. just give them like a designation of how likely they that are. That could go are. way left. I can already see people gaming. The, my entire lineup is, Questionable, questionable. <laughs> just yeah. every week, all forty-three guys well, that we have know. on the that, roster, that they're, they're questionable. Guys are all not feeling well. Yeah, um, but with Jack Mueller not being there, a couple other guys at one twenty-five that I like for the Keystone Classic: Michael Kolioko, yes, from UPenn, looked great during the Michigan State Open, um, and as we were talking about, Jonathan Tropia, uh, the guy that knocked off Pat McKee. I think Cephalo is going to be there too. Technically, I think he's the starter for Ryder, but both those guys should be in, in the bracket. You're allowed to bring more than uh, one guy per weight, I think, as long as they're Yeah, I think, I, think you, I think in the past, as far as what Penn State was doing, I think you had 14 invites to the Keystone class. Okay. So, yeah, you'll, you'll have Tropia, you'll have Cephalo, Colloquio. If Jack Mueller is in, expect him to win. If he's not... I think it's a toss-up between Kolioko and, and Tropia. Um, I would expect I, – I mean, 
guys that are going to be there are from Harvard, Drexel, VMI, Duke, Sacred Heart, Appalachian State, Franklin and Marshall. And, and there's going to be probably some others too, but I, I don't see anyone really stopping Kolioka's way to a championship if Mueller's not there. Um, Tuffalo or Tropia, I think will give them a hard time. A good match. Yeah. But I think this is, it, and again, this is all on if Mueller is there or not. Um, I think it's it's Kolioko's to lose. I think he's going to bonus his way. Yeah, he's um he's amazing wrestler. Um, loved watching him wrestle for Blair Academy. Just tough as nails. Yeah, he's like I said, he he's four and two on the season. He lost to Devin Schroeder, who has been on a tear, and we'll kind of get to him um, with with uh, some other uh, things. But he lost to Brock Hudkins. I think he. Did he avenge that loss? No, he he lost to Schroeder and then beat Schroeder. Yeah, that's it. So he's he's got a bonus rate of of thirty three percent right now. I expect that with the competition that he's going to be seeing at the Keystone Classic to win. So if you can pick him up, chances are a, a lot of people probably have him still available in the free agency pool in the transfer portal, yeah, if you will. The portal. We'll we'll coin our our first uh, uh, TPP. Yeah, transfer portal pickup. Yeah, well, Portal might be um, trademarked by Rick and Morty. You don't know. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> we might get in trouble here. <laughs> um, but uh, then staying with the Keystone Classic 133, I actually picked up Louis Hayes. Uh, Louis Hayes and, and Cody Russell, I think, are the top two at this weight coming into the Keystone Classic. Cody Russell has been on a tear himself. Um, being at a couple tournaments, he's 7-2. Seven, two, seven and two on the year with a bonus rate of, of over 50%. He's at 55% here. Um, Appalachian state's got a couple guys that I like. Yeah. I like their team. Yeah. And um, let me see here. Having computer issues and Louis Hayes. He, he had kind of a down year last year. He went his redshirt freshman year being around a 12 guy, 31 and eight to last year, not even qualifying at 133. Remember last year was like a, a bad weight cut or something, yeah. and, and Mueller came out of red shirt. For and Mueller it. was supposed to be up and then went down to 25. Yeah. So, so that, yeah. That, that, yeah, that was in 2018. He, uh, Mueller was 133, and then last year Mueller was going to red shirt the whole year, and they, I guess Louis Hayes was having issues, so he said, yeah, I'll come back, and he ends up making the finals. Um, so last year I think was a bad year, but this year – I think Louis Hayes is is back on track. He lost to Josh Kramer. Yeah, who's, who's another guy on a tear. Having a great, great year too. But um, Louis Hayes, I expect to – I'm actually calling Louis Hayes to win this. I think it's going to be – Outright. Ooh. Outright. Um, Louis Hayes and Cody Russell, I think, are in the finals here. Um, 41, not if, – if I'm looking for a pickup, I'm, I think I'm staying away from 41 at the Keystone Classic. Yeah. Well, I'm not really seeing anybody that really jumps out at me as far as that that weight class. Maybe Brian Courtney, yeah, um, I, from Virginia. Virginia is going to be the highest ranked team coming in here, yeah, and I think they're going to have a, a competitive guy at, at every weight. But um, Doug Zaff, local guy for us, yeah, um, up at at 141, getting bigger, getting bigger, half the size of his brother now, yeah, <laughs> and hopefully, you know, he brings back. Some hardware, uh, a trophy. Yeah, at, at the Keystone Classic. I, I really um, just interject real quick. I really like um, what uh, Penn is doing 
um, at their program again. Yes. Um, they they are really, you know, recruiting well and they just turn that program like 180 just as soon as, um, coach, um, Oh boy. Raina. Oh, Roger Raina. Thank yeah. you. As soon as he took over the program and named himself the, uh, coach again, as yeah. the athletic director said, we need to find a coach. And he said, I guess it'll be me. Uh, I guess, yeah, I guess I'll do it. But, um, they are, they are really recruiting from like, they're getting all these guys from Florida. Well, I mean, it's Penn. Yeah. You, you can sell them on the education alone. Yeah. But I mean, they, they couldn't recruit worth a darn before. And then all of a sudden, you know, well, I Ra- think Raina comes back in and they're just getting top guys from I, all I, over the place. I think with getting Slay doing the Penn yeah, RTC Brandon is Slay a doing huge... the, the RTC. Absolutely. Absolutely. And not that they're using that to their advantage or anything with <laughs> recruiting or anything like that um 149 i'm same thing as 141 there's nothing really out there that i'm i'm liking denton spencer um from virginia is a name that i if i'm looking for a 149 guy to to put in there maybe as a, a floater i'm looking at him he's looked pretty good he beat josh maruka by fall um and michael dotes from Maryland, um, who I, I thought coming into this season, Dodish was – or no, I'm sorry, he lost to Dodish. Um, yeah, and, and overtime, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, nothing really I, – I would say that's a bad loss on, on his part, on Denton Spencer's part, but you live and learn. Um, Will Gill is a guy at, at 141 that I like from Franklin and Marshall. He, another local guy. Another local guy. Um, I don't – think he's lighting the world up on fire when it comes to bonus points but what i'm seeing at, at 149 with denton spencer john milner wade unger and will gill being your top four right yeah. guys per russell stat um i kind of um uh like brock wilson at that weight um really good pennsylvania wrestler at harvard right now um i think he could be sneaky good at this tournament yeah i, I there's a couple Harvard guys, I I like um, in, in at fifty seven and, and sixty uh, five. We'll get into, but um, yeah, I I think that uh, Brock Wilson could be a guy competing there. When when you don't have that standout number one guy there, it's all for yeah. It, it's anyone's game. And, and if you're looking just for like just to pick up somebody just for this week, you, you definitely want to get a guy that's going to be at a tournament, get a bunch of matches. And this tournament is one where there aren't a bunch of hammer schools in there. So a guy like Brock Wilson could top three, you know, take third for you, which is going to get you a decent amount of points. Whereas if you just have a guy that's just has a dual meet, you just get the, you know, the one, right. You know, the decision win or the major or whatever. But, you know, if you pick up a couple extra wins, then it's worth it to, yeah. to put a guy. It's in all there. about stealing points. Yeah. Almost. Um, so we go from 141 and 149, not really having the ranking firepower that, that you would see at other tournaments to 157, which I think is going to be deep. And I think it's going to be very competitive. The top ranked guy coming in is uh, Jesse Delavecchia, who we were just talking about with the uh, rider beating Minnesota match. Um, Jesse Delavecchia comes in. He'll probably see if everything goes chalk, Anthony Artelona in the finals who Artelona wins things, not usually by bonus. He's more of a, Last year, a quarter of his matches of his twenty nine wins were were yeah by bonus. Um, wow, he wrestled thirty six matches last year too. That's crazy, Anthony Artelona. That is, um, but outside of Jesse Delavecchia and Anthony Artelona, 
a guy I've been high on all year, Matthew Zovistowski from Appalachian State, and Hunter Laidner from Harvard. This is one of the guys I was telling you about that I liked um, coming in at 157. He was 22 and 11 last year, didn't make the big dance, but coming into this year, he's looking pretty good. He hasn't beaten anyone tough. He lost to Julian Ramirez. Um, Cornell guy. A Cornell guy, a top-ranked Cornell guy, coming in and taking one of those Cornell gray shirts. Yeah. Um, this weight class is actually loaded for this tournament. Do not uh, sleep on Justin McCoy of Virginia, who already has a huge win on the year. Um, earlier in the year, he picked up a win. Um, I'm going to try to remember who he beat. He beat um, Ja'Cory Teamer from Arizona State. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so he, he's Pennsylvania guy, double-A guy, Forest Hills, um, hammer. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's going to be a deep weight. That, that's an, actually going to be an interesting weight for the uh, for this tournament is 157. Yeah, and would, um going back to him, putting together a really good year. So far, half of his match, he's 6-2 and two on the season, and one of his losses was in the finals of the Wolfpack Open against Hayden Hidley. He lost 3-2. Yeah. So he kept it competitive with Hayden Hidley. Yeah. And Hayden Hidley has those times where he keeps things close, but he can also – He can it, open it, it up. Yeah. yeah. So to only lose by one point, I mean, it's still a loss. But, but it was competitive. Yeah, right. I agree. He's tough. Um, and Appalachian State does have those handful of guys that are just really tough. And he's one of them. Yeah. And 65, it continues. They're still not as deep as 57. I think 57 is probably the deepest weight that we have at the Keystone Classic. But um, Ebbett Gerald is going to be your top-ranked guy coming in. Um, Lost last week to Whitlake, I believe. Yeah, I believe you're right. Uh, Lost to Whitlake. And, uh, you know, last year he was a national qualifier. He went – I think Owen two uh, ran into Brosma and, and Tayshawn Campbell last year. So two two tough guys to run into as your first two matches. Yeah, two big ten guys back to back. That's kind of sucky. <laughs> but and the other Harvard guy that I like, Philip Congliero. Uh, Congliero. Um, you would think that I would know how to say his name, <laughs> being a Paisan, but um, with him, he's got some interesting wins here so far in the season. He's four and zero. He hasn't beaten anyone top-notch, but he beat Adam Santoro from Cornell, who's a good starter good, for, yeah. for Cornell. He's obviously taking the, the spot of Andrew Barry. So why he takes an Olympic red shirt. But, you know, he's got uh, – he's not a, a bonus machine. Last year he had a 33% um, bonus rate. He only wrestled three matches. But um, as a, a – Freshman, a true freshman for Harvard, I think I think it's a guy to look at. It. That's a sleeper that you could pick up on your team. And going to 74, the guy that we were talking about being Skatska, Dean Sherry, um, and Neil Richards from VMI. Neil Richards, the bonus point. The monster. <laughs> machine uh, from last year. He had something last year like 80%, uh, or not 80%, um, like 70% bonus rate. Let's just check it out. It's almost 65%. I'm sorry. I'm That's still my, pretty high. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, was the the quality of competition, Jason, or he's at uh, 74, uh, Mark Hall and Zahid. Michael Cameron and, and Zahid? No, it wasn't. But 
on the year so far, he's nine and two. He's posting a 45% bonus rate. And at a typically when he's been at the Keystone Classic, he's always run into Mark Hall. Um, I think he ran into um, who was it? He was at 57 one year. Um, and I think he ran into Nolf or something. He might, he might have run into Nolf. No, I'm thinking of, of May Bethea. I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, May Bethea got, remember, I, I think it was two years ago we were there and, and he was basically like just toying. Yeah. And May Bethea was a, a strong, good wrestler. Yeah, very, very solid. Nolf yeah. was just toying with him, basically. But um, I think Neil Richards is the guy here. Um, Dean Sherry has been up and down. He everyone's going to have recency bias and and pick him to win because they he pinned uh, Devin Skatska. But I think uh, I think he'll be in the finals. I think he'll he'll get a few pins, but I don't think Dean Sherry's going to win this. I think this is going to be Neil Richards. Yeah. So if you have Neil Richards, probably because of his high bonus rate, people probably got him. But if you've if he's available in your free agency pool. I would say pick him up. This yeah, is, this is the type Good. of tournament exactly. that you get the original. Pick him up for. just for this tournament. Yeah, nobody at eighty four that I really see. Um, Ninety seven. I like Jilo and Ethan Laird. Um, I Probably think, finals there. I think those guys. Two. And then heavyweight. I mean, you're talking about Appalachian State. Basically, Kerry Miller is is the guy here. Ryan Cloud, maybe, and again, recency bias against Stevenson, but I think it's Kerry Miller. And then moving on to the next big tournament, I think the bigger tournament is the Navy Classic. And there's a lot of teams here, um, a lot of teams competing in this, and a lot of good matchups too. Um, starting at 125, I don't think – Michael McGee is listed. I don't think he's going to wrestle here. We haven't seen him yet this year. He was a good guy last year, and I don't – know why we haven't seen him i haven't seen anything in um in forums or postings or articles or anything like that um he was around the 12 guy last year and and very good yeah too but very we solid wrestler but we haven't seen him so hopefully it's nothing too bad or, or anything but um same with rayvon foley we haven't seen rayvon foley at all this year have we no he's he's got zero matches on the year uh placed um seventh last year and he had like a broken foot. I don't know if it's lingering injury or something that um, has kept him out so far. Hopefully we see him because I think if you see him, he is the guy to beat. Yeah. He would definitely be the guy to win that weight if he's going, which again, we cannot find out because nobody releases anything. Right. And last year he had almost 60% bonus rate in 36 of his matches that he won. Yeah. Um, so he, it, chances are he was drafted. Uh, but if you have somebody who, because WrestleStat only lets you keep three on your bench, maybe you drop a guy. Maybe someone in your your fantasy league dropped him. I would absolutely pick him up. I wouldn't think twice. I would drop somebody to get Rayvon yeah. Foley because I think he, with his type of schedule, with Michigan State's schedule, I like Rayvon Foley uh, this whole year. I like anyone good from Michigan State yeah. this year. Um, and then you have a couple other fringe guys who could make some noise. You have Joey Prada, Nick Aguilar, Gage Curry, and Sidney Flores, I think, are two guys who are right on the border of 
being those kind of floaters that can win you. Yeah, get you some big points, fantasy yeah, points. Right. Be be those guys that can put you over the the top for being your current week matchup. Sidney Flores is, is doing pretty well. He's from Air Force. Um, had kind of a down freshman year. He was 17 and 13, but this year he's starting out, he's six and one, and he hasn't really beaten anyone big. Cole Werner, he just beat last week, was probably a signature win of the season so far. Um, but he's a guy to be on the lookout for, you know, that sophomore year bumping and uh, yeah, making some bump. Yeah. Um, and Gage Curry, I, to be honest, I haven't been high on him the past couple of years. He's, he's had inflated kind of records, but I mean, last year he had under 15% bonus rate. That's not something that you need, you need bonus points, but yeah. this year he's oh, almost 60%. He's six and one and almost 60%. Yeah. I think he's starting to come into his own as junior year. I think he's really starting to, to get it. Yeah. If, if Michael McGee doesn't wrestle and Rayvon Foley doesn't wrestle, I think Gage Curry can make the finals. Yeah, I, I agree. Or, or maybe at worst third, which is still a lot of points. Yeah. I, I would think that's a sneaky pickup. Um, and then 133, Colin Girardi and Sammy Alvarez are the top of this weight class at the Navy Classic. Then you got Noah Gonzer from, from Campbell um, and Mario Guillen from Ohio. And DJ Felman last year was really good. He had a terrible journeyman tournament, um, collegiate classic, where he went over, over, oh four four, and didn't look good. I mean, he wrestled Sammy Alvarez and Joshua Kramer and Anthony Madrigal. Those are good guys, but I mean, you lose by fall to Anthony Madrigal. That's a guy that I think. With the procedure that was coming yeah. in, I think DJ Felman. Yeah, he did that. take uh, Kramer in overtime though. Yeah, from Arizona State. Um, actually, I he's one of the guys that I might look for to pick up, who might have a bounce back tournament. I think maybe yeah. this tournament he could he could turn things around and become the DJ Felman that people remember from last year. Kind of make um, a statement like that wasn't me. Yeah, it was kind of like a fluke. I wasn't maybe not as prepared as I should have been, or maybe it was just early season weight cut, but um. I, I, I kind of like DJ Felwyn in this tournament to, to to at least, I think, make the uh, top four. Yeah, and another Lockhaven guy who we haven't seen so far this year. Yeah, another guy Kyle Schuh, not wrestling. Um, hopefully he enters the tournament. We have not seen him this year. Last year he had a bonus rate of 55%. He was, I think, the tech leader in uh, the nation last year. Haven't seen him yet, but hopefully this is his tournament. Hopefully they come in and, and – Lockhaven yeah. as a whole kind of makes a statement, and Kyle Shoup uh, is at the forefront of that. But you also have some other pretty good guys uh, behind him. Sedarian Perry. Yeah, very tough. Very tough. He gave, um, I believe in week one, he gave uh, Real Woods a push um, at a tournament that they were at. Evan Cheek, I've always been high on – I've been cheeky on Cheek, <laughs> if you will uh, – I think he he just won a recent tournament too. Um, what was that? The Ohio Intercollegiate Open last year that had a lot of Ohio State guys and and things like that. Um, I like Evan Cheek here too, but one guy that I think Josh Heil obviously yeah. you know if your brother's a two time national champ, people are going to take a flyer out on you too. But one guy that I think people aren't pick, picking up and who I really like. Sal Profacci. Sal Profacci was 
an offseason transfer from Michigan to American. And he's putting together a very good, quiet, good season. So far, he's six and one. Um, he's got an over 70% bonus rate. And he hasn't faced anyone. He, he, he lost to Real Woods in the in overtime, right? Yeah, tiebreaker two. Yeah. Uh, he lost 3 2 at the Battle of the Citadel tournament that they had. The type of, of schedule that um, American has isn't going to be the caliber of Arizona State, Iowa, or something like that. So there's probably going to be more tournaments. There's going to be more opportunities, opportunities to score yeah. a lot of points. And I think Sal Bravacci taking that Big Ten-type quality wrestler that he is. Yeah. Because he was a starter for Michigan, too. Yeah, he, he was a, a, a solid performer for their in their lineup yeah. for, for for Michigan. So I think that's a that was a great pickup by American and I think he will do great things at American. Um so I would look for him. I think he could I, I don't see him winning, but I could see him placing top four. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if he can beat Shoop or Mitch Moore um if Shoop goes. If Shoop wrestles. Um or maybe maybe not even Sedarian Perry, but yeah, I could see him in the Conci finals, which is a lot of points. Especially since he's been uh, getting a lot of bonus points this year as well, mm-hmm. he's um looked really solid this year. So I agree with you. I, I, if he's available, you know, pick him up because it's a kind of tournament you want him for. Yeah, and Brent Moore, um, recency bias again is going to be kind of the top ranked guy here. You know, that's what happens when you take out the number two guy in the, in the nation almost, or by speculation by yeah. everybody is the number two guy. Um, but there isn't really anyone else who is probably going to stand in his way. Brent Moore is probably the cream of the crop at, at this weight. Mason Smith, the guy that, that used to be at Central Michigan, then went to Arizona State. Now he's at Campbell. Um, Mason Smith, two and two on the year. Uh, maybe, maybe he's. Yeah, take a flyer on if you have a, a, a you know an opening. You need a guy. Yeah, in a pinch, throw if, him in there. If you're in a pinch and you don't have a 49 pounder, I would say Mason Smith would probably be good because most likely Brent Moore is taken by somebody in your league. Um, but you know, looking back, his only win on the year is Sammy Sasso. He lost to Brock Mahler, lost to Yaya Thomas, uh, he lost to Thomas by major, yeah, actually. Um, so it's not like Brent Moore was kind of lighting the, the world on fire prior to the Sasso match. You know, maybe this is a jumping off point for him. Maybe this is where the season turns for him. But I, I don't know if he's a favorite to win. 149 is is very much in flux. Yeah, I mean, even if you go down to, um, you know, Alec Opsal from uh, Air Force, he's been a solid performer for them. Um, so, I mean, at this tournament with the guys above him, I'm not really – anybody's really jumping out at me. Um, you know, another guy, if you if you need a guy to pinch and you want a guy that's going into a tournament, you know, maybe take a flyer on him and he's probably, he's probably available in almost every league. So, yeah. you know, a guy that can get you points in this tournament. Yeah. And 157, Larry Early, we have seen, he almost knocked off. Oh, that was my other one. Random thing came into my head. That was on my upset alert was Larry Early and Hayden Hidley. Oh, yeah. I mean, it almost um, came true. Almost. Uh, last second takedown by Hidley. Um, that was a good duel, too. Uh, Larry Early... I think runs away with this if he, if he wrestles. Brian Laprade is probably the second best guy there, and he's having an okay season. He's having a Brian Laprade type season. He was eighteen and eleven last year as a redshirt freshman. He was twelve and twelve. He's two and one right now. Um, he lost a deacon. Lost a deacon by major. He beat Jock Hughes, 
um, Jared Jack Jackes Jackus. Uh, and uh, should be, it should be Jacques, but perhaps he's not French and just has a French looking last he's name. He's Americanized. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I think Alex Clucker from Lockhaven is a guy who might be able to make some noise here. Um, but again, I think if, if Larry Early's wrestling, I think he's the, the main guy. Yeah, he's the man. Here. So if you if you can get maybe a guy on the opposite side, um, like maybe Clucker or LaProd is going to be on the opposite side of Larry Early, that might be a good pickup. Yeah, for I, I kind of like Van Brill here too from Rutgers. Um, just a Big Ten guy in a pretty much non-Big Ten tournament. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's having a pretty good year, um, six and two. Um, so and, Lost to Humphreys. Two nothing. The Humphreys is pretty good. Yeah, and lost to Thomas, who was ranked. So, you know, like I said, I like Big Ten guys in non-Big Ten tournaments because they usually perform pretty well. Mm -hmm. And one sixty-five is at the Navy Classic. David McFadden. I think I'm I'm going out on a limb. I think that everyone who wrestles for Virginia Tech is going to participate in this tournament because I'm pretty sure that Virginia Tech does not have another big tournament outside of CKLV. Which is several weeks away. Right. It, yeah, it's a couple of weeks away. I think they wrestle in this. I think they wrestle in that. But then they're not going to Midlands. They're not going to um, the scuffle. They're not going to the South Beach duels. So um, it's like it's pretty much this, and then the, the Cliff Keen, and that's Cliff it. Keen, and then that's it. Then it's dual meets on all the way out. So yeah. I think to try to pad your your resume, I think this tournament, and I think CKLV are going to be the two big ones that they're participating in. I think you get all the starters. Here. Yeah. So McFadden, especially since McFadden lost to Ethan Smith. Um, yeah, he's probably going to tear some people's heads off in this right. tournament. Use this and as kind he, of a torch. I have him on my team, so he's definitely going in yeah. my starting lineup. Um, but a guy that bumped up weights that I like, Zach Hartman from Bucknell. Tough, tough wrestler, PA, PA wrestler. Now, on a side note, have you seen the Bucknell singlets? No, they they nice. They look really nice. So they're you know their colors are blue and like orange or an orange, yeah, like a dark. And orange. so it's a dark blue, like a dark navy blue, and it transitions kind of fades into an orange. Oh, a sublimated singlet. I like it. Yeah. I like like that. And and that's a as a podcast for another day. Best singlets mm. in the NCAA. That, that would be a good conversation. Um, sorry, that was a tangent. But Zach Hartman, I like. He is six and two on the season. He's got a fifty percent bonus rate right now. Last year. Uh, he had a 32% bonus rate. He went 28 and nine, but he really turned it on towards the end. He was getting fall after fall after fall. Not a great against, you know, quality competition, great D one competition, but still yeah. a pin is a pin. Yeah. Six points is six points. He, um, he is a nasty top wrestler, um, from even from his days in, in high school, I watched him wrestle. He is just evil on top, just punishes people. Mm-hmm. And then Kerry Collette's own Campbell, um, Quentin Perez coming in at 165, having a good season so far. He ran through the Southeast Open, tech, tech, pin. Um, he lost to Jake Wenzel of Pittsburgh, but then followed it up with a tech fall um, the next day in the Ohio duel. Um, so he's been bonusing people. He looks good. Kerry Collette's always got a good team, yeah. a good team on the rise. Yeah, he, he's doing really well with the. The program that doesn't have probably the most funding, or um, it's also a very academic school, so it's not very easy for some of the people to get into. And when you are a good academic school, 
but you're not Ivy, it's very hard to compete for those guys because the Ivy teams are obviously taking some of those guys like, you know, like a Princeton and like a Cornell, you know, so those guys, you know, you're trying to fight those other really academic schools for those same batch of wrestlers that are good wrestlers and also have the the grades to get into an academic school. Bucknell too, by the way, Bucknell is a very difficult school to get into. Go fighting camels. Um, yeah, I love I love Kerry Cole. I mean, he's my idol. He was the guy that really got me into wrestling when I was a kid. So I always pull for Kerry Cole. Yeah, I, I just like what they're doing down there, and then the support that Campbell has from the administration too um, with wrestling. But uh, let's try to speed things up yeah. a little bit here. So one seventy four. I like Andrew McNally, who last year was a bonus point guy for Kent State. Um, Joseph Grello comes in higher ranked on Russell Stat, but I think that McNally could run away with this. He had, last year he had a sixty percent bonus rate. He was thirty four and nine on the season. This year it's only at thirty three percent, but he's seven and two. And one of the guys that he lost to actually by fall is going to be in this tournament, uh, Jacob Oliver from Edinburgh. So I think that's probably I'm I'm all about storylines. I like I think storylines work out in a lot of things. Um, and I think this is one of them. I think that McNally and Oliver are going to meet each other in the finals of the Navy Classic, and I think that McNally walks away with it. Yeah, I, I, I like – um, Grello is a, a grinder. Um, you know, he's not really like – he's not like a Mark Hall or somebody like that. So right. I could see – yeah, I could see McNally or Oliver, you know, being the finals match at that weight. Mm-hmm. And then moving to 184, um, Hunter Bolin comes in, having a great season. Yeah. Season. That's why I picked him. Um, Good pick. He's having a great season. He's 3-0, but he's beaten Dylan Wisman, Jack Jessen, who Jack Jessen coming in to college was you know, touted as being a stud, but he I don't think he's really put it together so far. He's 0-2 in the season. He was 12-7 and in the redshirt freshman year, but um, that aside. And then he beat Zach Steiner. Yeah. who, you know, is a tough, tough 84-pounder for Ohio State. Um, ended up being uh, uh, the starter, I think. Wasn't it uh, yeah. Hoffman? Yeah. He beat Hoffman in the wrestle-off. Um, so I like Hunter Bullen. I think Cam Caffey from Michigan State. I've always been high on Cam Caffey. I think he's probably available in a lot of leagues. Yeah. And I think he's worth a, a um, good Corey Hazel, guy from Lockhaven, another Lockhaven guy that um, you might want to take a look at if some of the other guys are taken. Um, probably available in most leagues. He, he's had a tough beginning of the season because he ran into a bunch just of really like good DJ guys. Fallman, yeah. He was like DJ Fallman. I mean, he ran into Chris Weiler from, from Lehigh and Taylor Benz from uh, yeah. Nebraska. And, and his other loss was a forfeit medical. So he, he only has two matches on the season. Right. But if he's healthy, um, I, I like him to place. I'm not saying he's going to win, but like I said, if you need points, you want a guy in a tournament, um, so the other guy's – might be already taken. Um, Corey Hazel's a guy that, that he could sneak in there for like a, you know, a fifth place finish in this tournament, pick yeah. up some some points. Yeah, I mean, last year, him wrestling, he was a round of sixteen guy, um, but he's he's not known for his bonus. Yeah, That's he's not thing. he's not a bonus. So, guy. I mean, if you're taking him, you're hoping that he wins the whole thing because. You know, if he loses by anything more than a decision, that really eats into your profit. Eats into your profit, you know? yeah. Um, Ninety-seven. Really, the only two guys that I see here that that are worth picking up: Drew Phipps 
and Jordan Pagano. And of those two, I would go Phipps. I think Phipps is available in almost every league, I'm sure, unless you're a Bucknell fan. Yeah. Um, he's 5-0 on the season. He's 40% bonus. Um, he beat Joel Shapiro by decision. Joel Shapiro isn't a pushover. I've yeah. always been high on, on him. I almost had him at the end of the season last year. And Drew, Drew Phipps started his career at Penn State, if I remember correctly. Did he? I believe so. Was it maybe it was a commitment and then he went to Bucknell? Or it was his or? brother Wes Phipps was maybe the wrestler. It might have been yeah, I think I'm thinking of Wes. Yeah. But yeah, Drew Phipps, tough, tough guy. Um, I like him at this weight. I like him to, to win it all, which is um obviously a lot of points. So if you no know, if he's out there and he's available, pick him up because I think he's your champ at uh at one ninety seven. Yeah. And two eighty five, staying with the fighting camels, Jerry Haino, I think is gonna run away with this. He had a, a Bad match against, I believe it was Stencil he ended up losing to. Um, no, he lost to Thomas. Yeah, that's Thomas. it. He lost, well, Demetrius Thomas is a, a solid, solid, solid wrestler. He, he yeah. is a good pickup, too. If, if I'm sure people have him, but Jerry Hano, I don't think people have. I was able to pick him up. I have him starting for me, um, as a floater this week. And I think Nico Camacho, I don't think, is from American, not having a great year. Um, John Bors is good, but I don't think he's going to give Hano any type of um, run for his money. I think the, the second best guy here is Colucci, Christian Colucci from Rutgers, who he himself is having a good season in uh, being 5-0. and And, yeah. I mean, he, again, hasn't really faced top-notch D1 um, competition, but, you know, he's – He's got a sixty percent bonus rate. Yeah, right now. And again, like I said before, I, I like uh, Big Ten wrestlers in non Big Ten tournaments because mm-hmm. they usually perform pretty well. So I like I like Kalucci for, for the tournament. Recent Rutgers Big Ten. Yeah, wrestling. Not maybe not several years ago, but um, then let's kind of run through those other two big tournaments that um, we have. Um, We'll make, just make a note on the New York Intercollegiate is basically going to be Cornell, Long Island, and a bunch of non-D1 teams. So right. I, I don't recommend starting anyone from Cornell only because it's going to be hit or miss on who you who the matchups are going to be in the bracket. And most likely it's going to be D2, D3 teams. So no, it's not good points. It, right. They may pin their way through, but none of those points are going to count for you. And kind of with the um, – Next tournament is the Roadrunner Open. There are a lot of D1 teams going to be there. California Baptist, Cal Poly, Columbia is going out there. Fresno State, Cal Baker, or CSU Bakersfield, Stanford. Um, basically, I think Stanford is going to run away with this. I yeah, mean, I, I think it's going to be like basically a try meet between Bakersfield, Stanford, and Fresno State. All the big names you're obviously going to start: Real Woods, Shane Griffith, Nathan Traxler, um, Requeer Vandermeer. Russell Rolfing, both of those got Vandermeer and um, Rolfing are at 49. I think that's going to be the final there. But who knows how big these brackets are um, and if they are going to be advantageous to actually pick up a guy from here. Um, just some guys that I saw here. 125, Joe Mancio. I like he's having a good season for uh, Columbia right now. He's 5-1 and one on the season. All wrestled at the Princeton Open. He lost to Nick Aguilar from Rutgers, who's a good, yeah, good starter for Rutgers too. But um, he's got a fifty percent bonus rate, so fifty percent of his his matches have been 
um, one by bonus. And just kind of looking through here, I don't, nothing really stands out to me on anyone else. Maybe, maybe Nathan or uh, Nathan Lane, look at me, mm-hmm. uh, Thomas Lane from Cal Poly, because Cal Poly actually wrestles a dual meet um, with Buffalo a uh, day before the Roadrunner Open. Um, so I think Cal Poly's in one of those things where, like, they're not the top echelon team that they're skipping matches, but they're not the worst, worst team, but they are going to put all their starters in yeah. for anything. I'm, I'm always seen. leery when, when some teams have a dual meet and a tournament the very next day because so yeah. many times you see the starters wrestle the dual meet and then not wrestle right. the tournament. Minnesota just did it with the Dactronics. After yeah. losing the rider, I think they, they wrestled at the Dactronics and kind of tried to redeem themselves with that. But um, – uh, Thomas Lane, good guy last year. He was around the 12 guy, almost yeah, eight bubble, for Cal Poly. Boy. Um, he's a guy who I might look to pick up because he might get three, four matches here at this tournament. Plus, he'll have the match at Buffalo, which I think he's going to win. Um, other than that, I don't really see anything else um, at the Roadrunner Open. Yeah, kind of a... You know, it's a, it's a, well, tournament. Basically it's a, a West, Coast, tournament. West Coast tournament with Columbia thrown in there yeah from new york trying probably just trying to get out of that cold weather <laughs> and then finally a, a non-d1 tournament um that's in play that on the surface does not have a lot of d1 teams scheduled only southern illinois edwardsville siue and missouri have it on their actual schedule is the lindenwood open um what's interesting about this though is that in the past teams like iowa iowa state um, Missouri, obviously, and some other big hitters have sent some backups and red shirts to this yeah. tournament. So that's something to monitor, try to look for. I'll be putting something out on on my Twitter about um, keep checking the, the entry list and see if there's any names that, that pop up. Now, obviously, entry lists are one thing. Actual brackets are another thing. So um, you may have some some guy who's listed as entering and last second, for some reason he's not in there, but I'll, I'll post that out for you guys as well. Um, other than that, I mean, we have a couple dual meets that um, like multi duels that are going to be there. Um, Purdue has the Boilermaker duels. So one guy I do like from there is Devin Schroeder. Yeah. He's got, he's going to have Northern Illinois and, um, and Clarion is part of the, the Boilermaker duel. They also face Indianapolis University, I think, which is a D2. Yeah, D2, I believe. Yeah, so that that match won't count. But Devin Schroeder's been on a tear with um, teching everybody. I think he's like 5-0 and or something like that. And um, he's a guy that I'd pick up. And also Fabian Gutierrez, even though he just got it taken to uh, by Spencer Lee. Um Although Spencer Lee did have a cradle locked up on him yeah. for a little bit by him. Fabian Gutierrez has always been around and, and a good, yeah, good I, I solid like wrestler. I, I expect at least seven points out of those two matches. Um, you know, combined score with that. Um, but also Chad Red, Nebraska has uh home against Wyoming and then they're at UNI. UNI. Big match. So the UNI match in its own, I think, is gonna be a good match. But um, I think that Chad Red is is at least a major in a decision. However, you you work it up that way. I don't think he's facing anyone necessarily ranked. Uh, Schroeder, I'm sorry, going back to Schroeder. Devin Schroeder is nine and one. Yeah, so he is having a heck of a year. He's doing very well, and he's got a sixty percent bonus rate 
on that. And I mean, he's beaten Brandon Court, uh, uh, Brandon Courtney. Um, he lost to Michael Kolioko at the MSU Open, Michigan State Open. Then he avenged that win. Um, so I, I like Schroeder. If you're able to pick he, Schroeder, he uh, teched Mike or Heinzelman, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's impressive. He he's almost jumped levels almost. But um, and then Kendall Coleman, everyone's favorite KC, uh, is against Northern Illinois and and Clarion. I don't like in that Boilermaker duel, I don't like taking um, uh, Brock Zacherl if you have him. I would bench him because he's going to be facing um, two two guys who I think he could possibly lose to. He's not having the dominant year that he's had in the past, but he's going to be wrestling from – Almost lost to a high school kid to Ed Scott in the in the, Ed, uh, the uh, Clarion Open. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, he almost lost to uh... – Ed Scott, who was a senior in high school from PA. I mean, he's 4-0 on, on the year, Zacherl is, but he's got Griffin Perriott um, to yeah, face. Tough, tough that, that's a tough up. He could absolutely win that. He could, for fantasy-wise, he could net six points or more. He could also net zero. He could beat uh, Tylen, or I'm not, sorry, um, Kent McCoy. McCoy, Kent. Um and he could lose the Griffin Perriott, and then it's just zero points. Right, zero points. So I don't, I don't like the matchup with with Brock Zacherl this week. But um, Kendall Coleman, I like. I think he gets at least seven total fantasy points this week. And Isaiah White, I think, gets at least eight. He's again, they're facing Wyoming and you and I. Um, Styers up at seventy four, so he's not going to be seeing that competition. I think Isaiah White, yeah, just kind of mops it. Um, and then other. People look at Venz. Obviously, he's been on a tear. He might be the second best wrestler at eighty four. Yeah, on Kerbashid and all them. And Zahid, Zahid is the only Penn State matchup that I like. I don't like anyone else from Arizona State except for Zahid. Yeah, Zahid, especially with Rashid out, that's almost a guaranteed six. I think that's going to be six points, and that's the only reason why I think that. Yeah, he's there. But um, we kind of ran through everything again. We didn't really have a schedule. We just kind of put everything together last minute. So I hope you guys like this. This is episode two of our fantasy wrestling podcast. We got to come up with a better name. I think maybe I'll put a poll out. Maybe I won't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, it's not like I'm getting paid for this or anything, but Todd, what do you think of our second podcast? It was I'm, amazing. And I'm, I'm hoping we can get to that 20, 20, 20 listeners. That's what we're hoping for. Yeah. Right now we're writing with pencils and we make a mistake. We can't right. do anything. We have, we have, we have no erasers. Come no, on, help no us out. Um, but we appreciate you guys uh, clicking on the link. If you've, lasted this long it's i think almost over an hour i think we're at like an hour and a half almost so. an hour and a half so like you could either listen to us or run a half marathon you could yeah basically so we uh appreciate you on that note we are out of here see you guys later next week <laughs>